Thank you for listening to the Roundtable Consult, where we discuss political and social issues that matter to you from a spiritual, medical, and legal perspective. Join the conversation with your host, Attorney Sonia Madison and Dr. Mark Williams. Welcome to the Roundtable Consult. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Williams, and I'm joined. I'm so happily joined this morning with my co-host, Attorney Sonia Madison. How are you doing, Sonia? Doing good. Do you have a new location today? I I do have a new location, and I'm hoping that I can get out of here <laughs> eventually. <laughs> we are in um, Denver, Colorado, and visiting my son uh, and his uh. wife. And um, there's supposed to be some massive snowstorm that comes this afternoon and tomorrow that uh, would tend to. Uh, closed down or at least threatens to close down a lot of the airports and transportation. So I'm hoping that I can get back by Monday evening. <laughs> we'll hope. We'll see. You don't want to enjoy that winter weather because you coming back here, it's going to be 79. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really thought about coming. I was like, we maybe we should cancel the resort that we were supposed to stay at um, was offered the opportunity to cancel without penalty because they uh they knew that the storm was coming and they knew that staff would be limited, access would be limited, and so they offered to cancel. So we took them up on that without penalty, and even the airlines offered to cancel the flights without penalty. And I don't know why we didn't. You listen. didn't quite take them up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it seemed like every time, two other times we planned to come out here to visit each one of those times it got canceled i think last year it was around march we it canceled because of weather i think and then uh we, we planned it again and then canceled because of covid and so i think third time we figured third time's a charm and i don't think my wife was going to go for three <laughs> times without it <laughs> you didn't want to stay in your son's apartment. I'm sure it could remin be reminiscent of good old life years and years ago when you were about that age. Well, that's exactly what we're doing right now. And so <laughs> we're staying in their apartment. And so we determined it was more important to come and spend time with family than it was to come and enjoy a not that it's not enjoyable staying with family, but but yeah, to come yeah, and enjoy yeah. <laughs> the city. We probably won't get to see the city much this time, but we'll catch it another day, another time when we return. Well, like I said, it's so interesting that it's a snowstorm over there and we're I feel like it's summer here. So <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Give me summer. Give me summer. <laughs> but they seem to like it. They seem to like it. I walked in the door and the apartment and the temperature was seventy seventy. I said, Ooh. <laughs> what do y'all keep the temperature at 70 degrees who does that i'm from the south turn that up another two <laughs> i was gonna say i don't know if that's too hot or too cold <laughs> too cold too cold i don't do 70 degree uh, temperatures very well or at least not a thermostat setting in the homes that's why i'm always walking around one of these things on because <laughs> In the winter, I just can't. that is a jacket. 
<laughs> exactly. My sweatshirt that's a sweat, my hoodie that's a sweatshirt. That's what it is. Y'all change them things. Don't be wearing them dirty things five days in a row. <laughs> well, if, if you're going to do it, at least do it at home. <laughs> well, I hear we're up to 75 million that are vaccinated. Are we over that now? Are we over that? Over, we're like over, at 103 we million or something like that. Oh, so Biden yeah. met his goal. You didn't see all the confetti fly down and everything across the country? Yeah, I, I, oh. I didn't. <laughs> I was too busy waiting on the snowstorm out in the west. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's the confetti that's about to fall. It's just going to happen here in the Rockies and Utah and wherever else. Oklahoma, I think. So <laughs> that's the confetti But I we did get. hear that we are in the anniversary of the, I guess, the announcement from the World Health that we are fiscally in a global pandemic. So I have been seeing a lot of the coverage and I see that Biden wants to make sure everyone has access to the vaccine by May 1st. Um, I'm yeah. still hoping this before then. I, I'm like, maybe I can be totally vaccinated before my birthday. I can actually have a decent birthday. Although I know we're not supposed to go to the clubs. Don't tell people in Atlanta though, because apparently <laughs> the clubs have been open they for a go. long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited for the summer. I might actually have a summer. Well, you know, his plan is, he says, well, as if everybody does what they're supposed to do, his hope is that we can resume small gatherings without uh, fear of issue by July 4th. You know, everyone cooking out in their backyards yeah, and yeah. with family. And <laughs> he was quick to correct that and say, no large gatherings, though. I'm, I'm not saying large <laughs> gatherings, but just smaller <laughs> gatherings. <laughs> Well, I did hear the most recent. If if everyone's vaccinated, then you can have a small gathering. What, what do you think of that? Are you still being overly cautious, or you think we're good? No, I think it's reasonable. I, I I'm a, I'm afraid of what's likely to come as a result of that. Uh, I think we're going to get to the age where we start seeing um, vaccination passports. As you as you're probably aware, there are many companies already looking for these things. I think this co this uh, coronavirus vaccine is just the beginning of it. Now that we can manufacture vaccines and that are effective using mRNA, that's going to be much more uh, widespread. Any illness that we get, you'll probably start seeing mRNA vaccines for influenza virus and uh, for anything else that pops up. And we're going to try to find everything that we can do to try to stay alive. That's what humans do. We find every possible way to stay alive, thinking that we are above the ecosystem and we are not. But uh, in order to facilitate travel, trans interstate travel, transcontinental travel, you will likely have to this is my prediction, at least, provide some evidence of vaccination. Now, if you come to to the United States, you still already have to prove that you've been vaccinated against certain other illnesses. We're not trying to get uh, smallpox or anything back into the United States or things that have in the past been eradicated by vaccines. And so they'll, they'll probably do that. And that probably will be a worldwide thing. And that sparks the interest of a lot of people who think that's the mark of the beast because you can't sell a trade or or interact with the marketplace unless you accept the mark of the beast. And so it brings up a whole bunch of other uh, discussions that we probably will wind up having at some point. 
I was going to say, I'm looking forward to the conspiracy theories and how we're all going to be Bill Gates robots soon enough, if, if that is going to be the requirement. But it's interesting that you brought up eradication versus elimination versus, I guess, like stopping the spread or, or, or containing the spread. Because um, I was listening to Dr. Fauci on the Stephen Queer, and that was the question. I was like, what's, what's the goal? Are we trying to eradicate um, coronavirus? We'll be able to ex extremely eliminate it. And he did talk about how polio and smallpox are viruses that have been either eradicated or eliminated, but he doesn't know where we're going to do or where we're going to go with COVID. It might, right now we're just trying to contain it or, or stop the spread, but he, he doesn't quite foresee at this current portion that we can eliminate it. So to your point, I guess those passport um, vaccine notifications are, are going to be pretty important. <laughs> That's interesting. I hadn't heard that conversation or I hadn't heard him uh, postulate on that anyway. But that's good to know. Um, as an expert, I'm curious uh, why he would think that um, the likelihood of us eradicating it is is slim. Maybe because it's so widely um, infectious and so easily, uh, it has an easy, very, I mean, easily mutates so that you have other variations with it. I have no idea. I would love to be able to find out, but I'll tell you what, I, <laughs> I was looking at uh, this, uh, I saw a post on Facebook talk about vaccine Q&A and facts to help you make a decision about it. And, you know, a friend of mine tagged me on it saying, I wonder what Mark is going to say about it. Well, let me let me take a moment to say something about this here. <laughs> and, and that's because I want people to be aware, because there's so much information out there that people are are um, misinformed about. You know, I'm just going to run down a couple of these. One of them is, is, are the mRNA vaccines experimental? The answer they check is yes. Obviously, this is anti-vaccine. Of course, mRNA vaccines are experimental. Yeah, no, no question about it. They're relatively new the way that they make them compared to the other ones, uh, to the traditional vaccines that we've had. But mRNA vaccines have been made and been experimented in animal models for well over 10 years now, uh, which goes to the other question. It says, have they been safety tested on animals? They say no, but the answer of that is yes. mRNA vaccines have been tested in animal models for years. They've just recently been tested in humans, which goes to the next question. Have they been uh, subject to medium or long-term safety testing on humans? Now, the, I will have to say the answer to that is no. We have only tested short-term efficacy in humans. That That is absolutely true, but we understand, I mean, short-term safety. The truth of the matter is, is that um, in order for a vaccine to be released, or any drug to be released, it has to go through animal models, phase one trials, where they check out the safety in a small group of people, maybe 10 people or so. And then once they determine that it's safety, they go to phase two, where they determine the dose, the appropriate dose and toxicity and still safety uh, of the vaccine with the larger groups of people, maybe under a thousand people. And then it goes to phase three trials where you include tens of thousands of people and you're really looking to find out how effective it is. And that's what we've done. I believe some of the other, the earlier vaccines, the mRNA vaccines were tested probably around 75,000 people. And, and they, that's how they found out that it was 70, 95% effective at preventing hospitalizations and death. So the question about whether this thing has been tasted tested to be safe in humans? Absolutely. Every drug that's put on the market 
is uh, tested for its safety. The medium and long-term safety, you can't really test those things. That's why we have ongoing monitoring of all drugs and ongoing monitoring of all vaccines. So this is not anything that's new. This is not any shortcut that was taken for COVID. Uh, just a couple more of these, they say, um, will the vaccine stop me from getting COVID? Will it stop me from spreading COVID? Will the vaccine allow me to stop wearing a mask? And um, all of those, they put no. The question, the answer to that, and it goes to the, the comment that we were talking about with Dr. Fauci, um, is maybe. We, we just don't know at this point. And the expectation is that the vaccine will stop you from getting, we, we know it won't stop you. Nothing is 100% effective. But if we can eradicate COVID because of vaccines like we did with polio and smallpox, if we could eradicate it like we even did with measles until people stop getting the measles vaccine, and then we start seeing a resurgence of measles, yes, it will then stop you from getting COVID. It will stop you from spreading COVID. You can't spread COVID if you don't get it. And then you may not need to even wear a mask if we can get rid of the, the illness in society. So it's still a little bit misleading. And then the final one that I want to address is they say, do the vaccine contain genetically modified organisms? Or the other one, they say, do the AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson vaccines contain aborted human and monkey cells? Come on, people. It says yes, but the answer is no. There are no genetically modified organisms in these mRNA uh, vaccines. Uh, there are no, um, well, actually, I take that back. Some of the, the, the GMOs, I'm not exactly what they're referring to. The AstraZeneca vaccine probably does use an adenovirus vac vector, I think, in order to deliver the, the medication. But the mRNA viruses does do not. The aborted, and that's the same viruses that they've used, virus vectors that they've used for vaccines that have been in the market for decades. And um, so nothing new here, nothing to try to, nothing new except an attempt to malign the vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine. And then do they contain aborted human and monkey cells? No vaccine on the market contains aborted human and monkey cells. We've talked about this on the show uh, many times before. They do culture the virus in fetal cells that have been aborted from back in the 1950s that they've used those same cells. They just keep regenerating and allow those cells to reproduce and they use those and in order to grow the virus, they lyse the cells, harvest the virus from that, purify it, and, and basically inject you with an attenuated or an ineffective virus. And that's some of the old way of making viruses. But now that we've got mRNA, the mRNA vaccines contain, they don't even need to grow in tissue culture. So any accusation that um, that those the, the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine has... Uh, any aborted fetal products in it is completely false, even more false than it is with the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Sorry, I didn't mean to take up that much time doing this, but I just wanted to get that information out there since I have the freedom to speak. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, we've been talking about the success of the vaccination, or at least Biden's um, success in trying to get the goal of over 100 by May. So like you said, we're, we've already over that. But a lot of conservatives and Republicans are using freedom of speech or cancel culture 
to distract us from some of the success of the Biden administration. So I guess we shall take the bait and continue to talk a little bit about it here. Um, recently, AOC and Chuck Schumer, um, and, and of course you guys know Chuck Schumer is the Senate Majority Leader, and AOC is a representative in Congress for New York, have asked Andrew Cuomo to step down. There are more people that are coming out regarding some of the sexual harassment allegations. Um, of course, we've talked about Dr. Seuss and their their foundation. So his you know his own estate taking the initiative to remove some of the books from distribution, and subsequently, I think eBay and some other uh, marketing or distribution channels have removed those books as well. And most recently, Harry and Meghan Markle had an interview with Oprah on CBS. I don't know if you caught it. But um, one of the things that she made uh, aware of or made people aware of was the fact that the royal family, or at least someone in the royal family, not only said, you know, we're going to take away title from Archie, we're going to remove security from the family, and, and she said in tandem, there were conversations about what his skin color and that being Archie, their, their son, will be. And so sparked a lot of debate. I think for the most part, most minorities probably weren't surprised that that conversation came up. And I think a lot of majority people feigned shock. <laughs> I can't quite think that they are surprised. But more importantly, Piers Morgan. They're, they're more surprised that it came go. out. They're more surprised that it came out publicly. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that is it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Piers Morgan really was going in on Meghan Markle, talking about, I don't believe anything this woman says. And, and she also talked about how she felt su suicidal and just had a lot of mental health issues. And so not only was he trying to say he doesn't believe that anyone mentioned or had concerns about this skin color, but she was he was also saying, I don't believe that she had suicidal thoughts. And it got to the point where there were a lot of panelists on Good Morning Britain, which is the show that he was previously on. The, some of the panelists were even telling him, listen, I don't know if you, it's, it's because of your personal relationship with her and the fact that she ghosted you or shut you down <laughs> um, and you just got your feelings hurt, but you are really going on a tirade, obliterating this person. And as the one of the panelists was talking about how horrendous it was to sit there and listen to it the previous day Pierce Morgan walks off the set next thing we know he's either quit or fired don't know what the official he canceled uh, himself was I don't know if he quit or fired but he walked off and <laughs> ITC issued a statement saying he's no longer with the program so what do you think and he subsequently did an interview and said I should have my freedom of speech rights um, so first of all, that's in Britain, but we're going to talk about here in the United States. What, what do you think when people make the argument that, oh, I shouldn't be canceled? I mean, you know, you saw what Donald Trump made that argument when Twitter uh, deactivated his account. What do you think about this argument of freedom of speech? I, I think they're free to say whatever they want to say. Obviously, they, they can say whatever they want to say, but have consequences, you know, deal with the consequences. I don't, I don't understand why anybody would want to, well, first of all, let me say this, let me put it from a Christian perspective, because I'm, I'm so disappointed with, with our Christian brothers and sisters who do everything they can do to try to avoid being persecuted. And the truth of the matter is that's supposed to be one of the honors that we have. That's what we should expect. 
in order to be able to uh, believe and profess the things that we believe in, we have to be have the have the fortitude to deal with the consequences that come along with it. Otherwise, you might as well compromise with everybody else. If you feel that strongly about it, be the martyr. Be the martyr, and other people will then uh, will see that and and somehow or another uncover the integrity behind it and be compelled, hopefully, to follow after the thing that you do. The marketplace, and I keep saying this, the marketplace, I'm loving the fact that in a capitalistic society that the marketplace is determining the limits of acceptable behavior and acceptable product. If you're If you don't like what Um, the marketplace is determining, then you influence the marketplace, the consumer. The way that we do this is by influencing the consumer. If you can't, if you don't have a message that's compelling enough for the consumer, then don't get expect, don't get upset when the consumer cancels you. That's not the government doing anything. That's (laughs) capitalism. That's what you love so much about America. So deal with it. And capitalism is now working to cancel your behind. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the irony is kind of funny. I mean, when we had Donald Trump, he actually had an executive order having the ability to fire people who went or spoke out against any of his policies or any of the rhetoric that he uh, continuously put out there. And so for him to subsequently, um, or for people to subsequently say, oh, well, there should be no cancel culture. Everyone should have the freedom of speech. Again, the hypocrisy is amazing, but I'm also like, okay, Meghan Markle had the freedom to show her truth or share her truth. And why can't she, why are you obliterating her in the same manner that you're asking us not to do? Because I think over 40,000 complaints came into Good Morning Britain after Piers Morgan's tirade against her. So yeah, I mean, everyone's didn't have the, they should have the freedom of speech to issue their complaints. But I think one of the bigger things is, go ahead. What one of the things that well, I was going to say? What is, well, I was just going to say one of the bigger thing is: Do corporations are? I mean, I know they're not necessarily individuals, but do they, as their officers, do they also have their freedom to fire you at will? Should you do something that they feel like is against the moral mission of the company? Obviously, yes. <laughs> I would think. You know, this I mean, is the I way would it think goes. too, but that's what. <laughs> <laughs> when people are like, oh, Twitter, how dare Twitter? Twitter is a corporation <laughs> with their own officers, with their own board of directors. And yes, they're publicly traded, but that doesn't mean the public then has say in management decisions. Well, the issue with social media platforms is the fact that they've got, gotten to be so big and influential that they now are political institutions as well. And so that's the concern that they have. And all of a sudden, those people who are against government regulation and interference want government regulation and interference in the marketplace. Go figure. So what it boils down to, just like you said, Donald Trump wanted to be able to have, you know, some policies in place where he can fire people who spoke out against him. What, what it is is that they want what's good for the goose, but they don't want it to be good for the gander. And they just want to, what they want is for it to be good to truth about, or to be honest with you, they want it to be true for white men and not anybody else. So they want to have all of the liberties. Hmm? No, I was going to say, when you said that, you know, I thought of Chris Harrison. I know we talked about him last time, but, you know, he's, of course, making that same argument. Like, And I will say, to, at least to his credit, he apologized. 
Now, I don't know if he truly understands what he apologized for or if it's just. <laughs> he knows what he apologized for. <laughs> he apologized that he's about to miss that money. He wanted to get back right. on uh, The Bachelor. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, uh, it's another it conversation, again. too. I mean, I've ne- I didn't watch The Bachelor. I've never really kind of watched it. But this season has been the most controversial. And I don't say that because I watched it, but I, I just read a lot of blogs and news and you repeatedly not only see what Chris Harrison said, but you hear about how people also don't like not only the person that they chose to be the first um, Black male to represent the Bachelor, but also the fact that they were ignoring important conversations as it relates to you know him and, and meeting all these women and not res- really talking about, particularly women of diverse cultures, really talking about, okay, what does that then mean in our relationship? I mean, because I don't think any of us, again, we saw Harry and Meghan. I don't think any of us is shocked that people are having these conversations about the skin color of children. <laughs> but yet we're going to act as if that doesn't exist on, on this bachelor, on the, on the, I don't, like you said, on a national platform where we can have these conversations, freedom of speech, and, <laughs> and ask people not to go cancel them. So uh, one of the things I was going to say about the the comment where you said 40,000 people called in to complain about Pierce's um, comments, why aren't the people calling in complaining about the way that Pierce was treated? Where are those people? So if you really are upset about how that's happening, mobilize the people who think like you do. The problem is, is that you're becoming a minority in this country. And most people are starting to realize that, hey, we need to be decent to each other. There's no reason why a person of color should be treated like they're subhuman. Most people are coming to that realization, but there's a loud minority of people, white supremacists, and they may not call themselves white supremacists, but their ideology is white supremacists. Those are the ones that are making the noise. Those are the ones who are making the most complaints and saying, why do we have to walk on eggshells? I'm sorry. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world that we have lived in for centuries. Now, all of a sudden, you're being expected to to speak with some um, with some consideration, give some thought to the things that you say, give some thought to the to the ideals that you put out, and even some of the actions of your behavior. I mean, the, uh, some of the behaviors that you have as well. I'm so glad that I look at now um, Andrew Cuomo, who is now being asked to resign by Chuck Schumer and um, what's the other lady? Andrew Ocasio Cortez. And there, there's a couple of high ranking yeah. and there was yeah. another one. I can't remember who she was at this point, but she uh, she was a candidate for presidency. Uh, but anyhow, um, they're asking him to step down. Go figure what this. I wish Republicans had the the fortitude and the and the gall to to demand that one of their leaders, regardless of how prominent they are, who are accused repeatedly of inappropriate behavior would stand up and say, you know what, this is just not acceptable. This is not what we want to uh, to demonstrate. This is not the type of behavior that we want to characterize the leaders in our party. And so therefore we're taking a stand and saying, you need to step down. If these uh, allegations are true, they're probably saying you need to set step down the mere fact that six of them have occurred now. I think we're up to about six. Um, <laughs> 
but I appreciate I appreciate that that there's somebody is actually speaking up. And the problem is, is that right now, if you really believe that you got a legitimate argument for Pierce Morgan to be able to say what he has to say, have your supporters call in, have them 40,000 people call in and complain about how Pierce was unfairly treated. That's not going to happen. You know, I, I do wish I had your optimism, though. Mark, I don't necessarily think we are in a world where most of us do want people held accountable for their racist or insensitive rhetoric. And I say that because, again, we had Donald Trump, who also had a record number of people that voted for him in the last election. And we saw he made fun of disabled people. He called Muslims and Mexican um, people of Mexican descent drug um, dealers and rapists and and he continues to have a prominent place in the Republican Party as we saw with CPAC and, and even going forward I mean he even issued his own statement with it as it relates to the coronavirus vaccine talking about don't forget it was under my administration where we were working on this vaccine and we're like well uh, are you going to take credit for then the 500,000 deaths that you <laughs> that happened under your watch are you also going to take credit for downplaying this virus for months and not having mask mandates um for states or, or even in a, in a federal mask mandate you, you can't have one and not the other but yet people continue to support him and I still think about Rush Limbaugh I mean not only did he get the presidential medal of freedom despite his repeated rhetoric that was insensitive to minorities and women. But only did he get it. But I, I don't doubt that there will be an insurrection of someone similar because of the mass amount of money he made. And I even hear Piers Morgan is, is aligned to, um, I think, join a station that, that kind of have similar hardcore, and I, I don't want to use the word right wing, but just far reaching and I know he's going to talk about how hey I should be allowed to say that this person who is not only a, a, a person of color in the royal family but she's lying and that she is I guess purposely trying to uh, obliterate this royal family considering putting aside the fact that are we just going to ignore Britain's history of colonizing <laughs> mostly African countries and our countries of color are we are we just going to ignore that because you're so you know loyal to the queen but and so I just say that I got I wish I had your optimism that we are going to have a lot more people held accountable for their racist rhetoric but I also say listen I mean first of all I don't think anything Meghan Markle said I don't think she directly called them racist but that it, that comment of "Hey, it's concerns for skin color." Hey, I don't doubt that a lot of black families have that conversation, you know, because mm -hmm. I mean, colorism is, is a real deal, and I'm not saying it makes you racist, but it does make you aware of how people of certain shade are treated differently. So let's have a conversation about it. Versus, if I bring it up, I'm on automatically accusing you of being racist. Right. I think that's yeah. a stretch. It's um it. And I don't know, she didn't really go into the context of it. And perhaps even the conversation was taken out of context. You can take, uh, I think content without context is fodder for a con job. And so I think you have to have the context in which 
that comment was made, you know, there's some concern or question about what's the color of their skin going to be. I've had, like you said, I've had many conversations with with other people who are uh, African Americans who had those discussions about what are the color of my skins, my children going to be. You know, I don't want that have a family with some photo family albums with some light skinned dark people, some light skinned people, some dark skinned people. These were conversations that I had with black people. I've had conversations with with uh, with people whose whose parents or grandparents would say, "I don't want you dating a dark complected gentleman." You know, I want you to date somebody who's lighter skinned at some point. These are not because we are bad people. And those aren't conversations that people are having because they're bad people. They're having these conversations because it's the way that society has indoctrinated us. It's become the norm of society that you want to avoid anything. And so unfortunately now, I think that pendulum is swinging the other way where you're saying, no, you can't. It is not acceptable to have these type of conversations. I know it was acceptable to you, uh, 20, 30 years ago, I know that it might have even been acceptable for me to have these type of conversations 20 or 30 years ago, because the the mindset at that point was not uh, enlightened as it is today. When you are enlightened, when you know better, you ought to show better. If you knew better, you'd do better. And so once we now know better and know that these things are insensitive, whether it's Pepe Le Pew or whether it's Speedy Gonzalez or whether it's, you know, some of the Dr. Seuss books, when you know that they have, when you've been enlightened to say that these things can be potentially offensive, you should be held account to account when you infringe upon those or when you invoke those same type of behaviors, expecting that the old way is still going to be acceptable in the new day. It's not happening. Yeah. And I think that's one of the problems with the bachelor is that they wanted to be able to put a a black face as their lead, but yet it still go as it's gone with previous shows. And that it's just all about whatever stereotypes that women have or the, the superficial conversations, but no, I mean, you gotta get at the, all of us, it's time to get a little deeper here because these are, you're sweeping something under the rug instead of addressing what the issue is. Again, like I don't, I'm not even a big, I don't even get offended when, when Meghan Markle said that. Now, granted, she obviously said it was in tandem with your removal security and you're taking away his title. So I think have, if, if those conversations of his skin color are being had in tandem of removing, I guess, privileges or rights that she felt like was owed to her son, then I, I get why people may, may or why she made the leap that, hey, you're using his skin color to oppress him. But the if it was just that conversation of people just talking about it alone without, uh, I guess, adverse action, I hate to use the word, it's still legal, but that being aligned with it without that, like you said, I mean, these are conversations that we need to talk about because we're kidding ourselves if we don't see that there is a colorism issue um, as well as a race issue. But but let's talk about it. If we're not talking about it, you know, we're internally processing these things and that's how mental illness continues to, to shape his form. And again, that's how the insurrection of a lot of white supremacists that, that Donald Trump brought in comes because they're like, hey, I don't want to talk about it, um, but I want to feel like everyone is free because, hey, I've got issues just like you've got issues. We have different issues, but hey, we should be able to, to still say we all got issues and go on about our lives without addressing 
not only how certain issues are present a large group of people versus an issue of, hey, you know, you were born into a family who didn't quite have the millions that a Donald Trump family has. I mean, both of them are issues, but one is, is a, you can enable to be a little bit more proactive with in terms of money, whereas I can't change my skin color. That is what it's going to be. And either you're okay you can, if you're Michael Jackson. By that. <laughs> well, and, and but even then, you know, <laughs> you know, we, we will talk about you if you do that as well, um, because it, it it highlights the shame that it, again is something that needs to be talked about or discussed. Have you looked at the baby, by the way? That baby looks like completely white. <laughs> well, that was part of me. Also, thought, and this is the the funny part. Part of me was like, Megan, had you not said you were a person of color, and I seen your mom, I don't even know if I would have thought you were a person of color. Exactly. So I don't know why, <laughs> why, why you, why anyone would think that this baby is going to come out dark when your family, when you yourself aren't dark. But hey, which makes it, me I, think that happens. it's not. Which makes me think that it's not so much the issue of the skin color that they were because I'm looking at that baby. That baby is high white, and uh, with it red probably hair. doesn't. I mean, it's got... with, <laughs> yeah, and I have some black. I have some black friends who look whiter than white friends that I have, and um, and so it's interesting to me that the issue is not just the skin color. The issue uh, belies deeper than that. It's the the one drop rule. And the problem is, is that even if your skin color was such that you were white, we still know that you've got a drop of black in you and we're going to have a problem with that. And, and that's that's the unfortunate well, I, part. I give her credit that she doesn't deny it. I mean, she had her mom there. I, don't, I give her credit that she because some people will pass and she's like, I'm not going to pass. I, I am biracial. And so I give her credit for doing that. I will say Candace Owens, the infamous Candace Owens. I don't even necessarily like saying her name, but yeah, she came out and said, oh, Meghan Markle is too light to have an experience with racism. Now, come on. That's completely really? focus. I mean, <laughs> well, she's just got a huge experience being the, the, the Duchess. So. Right, right. Also, they're just saying, hey, we don't like you, so we're taking away all your titles for no reason. And by the way, please don't bring a dark-skinned baby into our family. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's... But I, but that's the thing. That's also, again, when we're talking about freedom of speech. Okay, why? Why, Candace, would you say that? Why are you... Why anyone would take away what someone's experience is for the purpose of boosting their own intel? I mean, that's unnecessary, too. I mean, again, you have this freedom of speech to do it, but then I've got the freedom to talk about Cancel how you. crazy. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Great. She's been canceled a long time ago, but it, she just repeatedly reminds us why we cancel her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm love I'm loving every moment. Y'all can hate me for saying this, but I'm loving every moment of this cancel culture. And the reason being hey, if I get canceled because of something I say, then that's fine. I'm okay with it because everything that I'm saying, I believe in. And if I if I'm only saying it just to make money and I get canceled, then then I'm upset. But the point is, is that if you are really convicted and you really believe in something, if they if they strip away your money for it, if they strip away your fame, your access, your your clout, whatever you had for it, 
if you are a person of integrity, you will still continue to move on. You will not have too much to complain about. You say, listen, that's the way that it is. But the truth remains the truth. And I'm going to continue to speak the truth. And those those other people who are out complaining and um, and uh, and and boycotting and want to 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 make their voices heard about how they shouldn't be canceled. Those are just spoiled brats. I've got a viewer. <laughs> got a viewer here who's saying, is it cancel or is it accountability? And, you know, the truth of the matter well, is it's consequences. Gonna... If, right, I was going to get in there because I think we talked about this last time. Now, if you recognize and apologize um, for what you did and not apology of, I apologize that I made you feel a certain way, but apologizing for being insensitive or for saying something that was completely either racist or had a underneath um, attempt to oppress a group of people, then, you know, I guess we could discuss whether you should be canceled under that scenario. Recently, Stacey... Um, Dash, I don't know if you remember that. I think she's more your mm-hmm. generation than mine. The actress. <laughs> <laughs> she recently came out and, and said, you know, I apologize for all the past rhetoric that I used and I was wrong. And and still people were like, mm, nope, sorry, still keeping you canceled. And so <laughs> what do you under that scenario? Do you think we should be more forgiving? Because, you know, us as black people, we are so forgiving. Yeah, I think we should be forgiven, but that doesn't mean that you should be restored to the place and to the prominence that you've had before. I, I think there still should be some consequences there. <laughs> and somebody <laughs> says she is clueless. She's still clueless. She is. <laughs> and, and I think that was the movie that she starred in, right? Was that yeah, she was, yeah. was clueless. <laughs> she I was going to say, clueless. don't act like you don't know. That was, that was your generation. <laughs> <laughs> your generation. Let me go on ahead and say that. We got to pause for a moment. Time out. So generations, let's define a generation. You know, we can we, we can define it how people are saying generation X, you know, generation Z or millennials or something like that, where they have a defined number of years. And then all of a sudden you just squeak into one of those. You can say, oops, I'm in a whole different generation. Or we can define generations as they really are. And that is, you know, one parent gives birth to a child. That child is in another generation. If that parent has a sibling who gives birth to a child, <laughs> then the, both of those children are in the same generation. So, Sonia, you and I are in the same generation. <laughs> Just for, for our, our viewers. viewers. His mother was a lot older than my mother. <laughs> We are still the same generation. But yes, I but am I'm going to let you have that. Z, right. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that one. So you go pull on whatever one you want to have. You've got the freedom to speak that however you like to speak it. But, you know, I'm just going to pull out a little consequence. How I choose to define it. <laughs> exactly. This is America. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. They said cancel Sonya for inappropriate ageism jokes. <laughs> I agree. You're you're canceled for your ageism. (laughs) (laughs) This is somebody who's from my generation too, by the way. (laughs) But I forgot what we were talking about. But the the thing is, should we we forgive somebody? Clueless, Stacy is. Yeah. So should we forgive somebody? If they apologize, if they apologize, if they apologize, I think we should forgive them. I don't think that they should automatically be restored to that same position of influence that they had before, if at all. 
Um, I think if you if you um, show your show your true sorrow and you make recompense for it, whatever that recompense may be, whether it's getting out in activism and whether it's getting out and earning your way back to that place, I think you can restore yourself. But just to automatically say, well, I said I was sorry. It's not good enough to say, now give me my millions back. Mm -mm, sorry. Have the consequences <laughs> of it. I do want to see um, some action followed by that. Sorry, because I know we're talking about Chris Harrison and he apologized. And he has recently said he is going to come back to The Bachelor in some form of capacity. I know they've recently put in a former NFL player. And I can't remember his name, but um starts with an E. But he's been the 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 NFL player has been very vocal and doing a lot of social media videos talking about having conversations about race. And so I don't doubt that that was a purpose intent on Disney's part or ABC's part to not only let's remove Chris Harrison, but let's also put someone who is not only a minority, but someone who's vocal about racial issues on there. But I'm also like, okay, well, how long is this going to last? Because we know what you ultimately want to do is say, okay, we've had a conversation. Okay, let's get, let's get back to the, the old ways of doing things. And so I, I don't doubt that Chris Harrison will be back onto the forefront, but I'm, I'm to some degree like you come back and cause we know, we're, we know they're going to restore his millions and he's always probably going to have some kind of executive producer credit to the show. But if you come back and act as if, you know, life was the same. And I think that's the thing, even when Matt Lauer, you know, when he got canceled because of some of the sexual harassment allegations that was made on NBC for the Today Show. And he, granted, he hasn't come back, at least not in that same role. But nonetheless, I you often see people come back and then they don't even address or make some type of proactive change to discuss the, I guess, inherent bias that you've had for so many years. And, you know, that's, and I know I'm jumping around, but that's one of the problems with police brutality is, okay, you'll put in these trainings that are, what, six weeks and say, okay, now we've addressed the unconscious bias. But have you, I mean, someone has had 20, 30 plus years of this bias and you think five, six weeks is going to make a change? It, it just doesn't work that way. So, I don't so to I, your point, I don't want to restore them either because I don't know if they, I don't doubt that they maybe are remorseful, but they don't know what steps to do to prevent that hate behavior going forward. Mm -hmm. I, it's interesting though. What's his name? Got a um a cancel coach. I mean, a race coach. Harrison wanted to be a coach. race coach. <laughs> yes, and I think it was Michael Eric Dyson uh, that he actually had him really school him on race. And, and race relationships and how all the things that he's done was insensitive. But I do think that there are some, there is some value in being intentional about getting those types of relationships. And I hope it's not just for show, but it's, it's for, it's really to help him grow. What, what I'm concerned about is I think, um, who was it? Even Prince Harry, Harry at some point, another some years ago, went to some costume party as a Nazi. And yeah. the yeah. irony of it is he winds up marrying this black woman who he loves dearly and now has biracial. A biracial, <laughs> a biracial woman. Um one drop still. She black. She black in the eyes of the uh she's Which black in the eyes a, of the another royalty. conversation on that. Cause I I don't think I was reading an article on how people say, you know, when you use person of color, um 
or black when it's really biracial, you're diminishing the experience of a of a black woman. So we'll have to have that yeah. conversation. And I think I, I, men, and, you guys are okay with that. Diminish. Whereas I think women, <laughs> I don't, I don't diminish it. it and, and it's it's my own ignorance. It's my own adaptation uh, to the new cultural norms. And I don't have any problems with adapting to what new cultural norms are, whether it's to call them biracial, black, whatever, uh, black, white, biracial, because because you got biracial with all kinds of people. My daughter-in-law was yeah. biracial. She's white and, and Mexican. And so I'm like, so I don't know if biracial is even a sufficient description anymore to tell how people are, or even if we really need to describe people according to their race. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> you always like to try to throw me off topic. And, and I know you're trying I to remember what you were saying. <laughs> but you were talking really? about Prince Harry and how he yeah. has he ended up marrying a biracial woman despite his history, or at least one party that he attended. Right. And so because of that, because of his proximity and because of his love for a person who endures and suffers this type of mistreatment. Uh, he got to learn firsthand how he was oblivious to the things that he probably in the past thought were exaggerations and say, no, this is not an exaggeration. These things are really hurtful. And I think, I don't know that a coach, a race coach is the, the way that I would call it, but I think people should intentionally uh, seek out friends of other cultures um, so that they learn not just um more about their own culture, but learn about what are those things that are important to other people. And then you become a much more well-rounded citizen and better able to interact with people of diverse cultures in a diverse society. Yes, and I'm still gonna take it a step further to then be proactive in breaking down these barriers of oppression because you know, I, I get it as a minority and that's, you know, I'm sure you could say the same thing. I get, we have the responsibility of educating white people or majority people about their oppression. I get it. It's, oh, it's I convinced you. you, you it's the Lord, Holy Spirit must still have revealed this to you. It's still unfortunate <laughs> that we have to school them on how their history has been whitewashed. But nonetheless, okay, once you get schooled, you then need to have the responsibility for breaking down those, those oppression, those barriers of oppression. I, as a minority, can't be expected to break down my own barrier. I mean, it, you know... <laughs> And so, I mean, I've schooled you. That was one breakdown. I need you to be proactive and making sure those um, inherent institutions that are in place to to prevent people like me from excelling in the same rate as you, you make sure those get broken down. We need to educate not only just the white people, but we need to educate ourselves, too, because there have been so many societal influences that have indoctrinated us into white supremacist beliefs or into even for that matter black supremacist uh to to some extent where we're supreme over other races whether they're hispanics or or muslims and then we'll start repeating some of the same behaviors that were perpetrated against us that we so vehemently opposed and so we do still and, and for that matter we'll even you know denigrate our own let alone denigrate another race. So there are so many other external influences that we have not even begun to realize what the impact of that was on generations of uh, of thinking. Um, if we start looking even at something like a friend of mine asked me the other day, she said, so what was the problem with Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima? 
and and I'm sitting there thinking like the problem isn't the image so much the image. The problem is just like the the Confederate flag. The problem isn't so much the image. The problem is what it represents and the message that it delivers. The Confederate flag really then delivers that message that white people are superior. And so does Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima. The images on the box says that, you know, your highest purpose in life as a black person is to be subservient to a white person. And you should derive all of your life's gratification from being able to do that and do it well. You are a good servant. And now if we were Christians, that should be good enough for us. But we're not just Christians, we're also Americans. And so as Americans, our laws in America, but since they're not based off of Christianity, our laws on America should live up to the creed that all men are created equal. And so don't diminish me. By calling me, you know, the saying or suggesting that my highest goal in life is to be subservient to white people and to do it well. And again, if there were multiple images of black people successful in various mediums, then it may not be as a problem to see an Aunt Jemima or an Uncle Ben. But because we are not in multiple mediums of success, and it's the the stereotype is hey, we're only good for entertainment or for food services or, again, services that are are subservient to higher leadership positions, that is the problem. Because I I think most of us don't have a problem with Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, but it's just not enough images of successful Black um, people in other mediums that can compensate for the images of us in, in such subservient worlds. And I don't, I don't want to move too quickly off of our responsibility to our own community uh, because over the past week, we've seen uh, some discussion come up about the Pepe Le Pew and the Speedy Gonzalez uh, characters and how offensive those things may be to uh, Hispanic populations. And then I see, I've seen a lot of Black people push back on that, you know, and say, now we're ca- canceling, we're behaving the same way that we see the majority population acting when we say something that's offensive to us. And even if it's not offensive to them, if it has the potential to be offensive, perhaps we should avoid it. And even if it offends only, if it really only offends one person, then it is offensive. Uh, There was a whole discussion that I had with another friend who said, what's the difference between offended and offensive? You know, some people can be offended by something that's not offensive. And I disagree with that. If it has the potential to offend even one person, then it is offensive because it has accomplished that. It's having the character or the ability to offend. And so if it's been successful with one person, it's been offensive. And so we should be cautious to avoid offensive behavior. Now, the gospel itself is offensive. I agree. (laughs) I agree. But there's one for there's one as a Christian, there's one thing that I will not do is to hold back on the gospel. And it will be offensive to other people. And I will be canceled eventually for speaking the gospel, for preaching the gospel and advancing the kingdom of God. I'll be canceled for that. No question about it. But I'm not going to you complain will take about your cancellation it. all the way to heaven. Huh? I will take it. I will take it. First Peter two and nine says we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Uh, 
that we should show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous marvelous light. That word praises in the Greek means arete. It means courage, virtue, and excellence. Later on in that scripture, it talks about how we are supposed to display those praises, that courage, that virtue, that excellence. And that is that when we are persecuted for having done no wrong, then we endure that type of persecution to the glory of God. And just as Jesus endured it. And so that's to me, I'm I'm sitting thinking like, this is what we're called to. That's what the scripture says, is that we're called to endure that type of persecution. And if you don't want to endure that type of persecution, give up the calling. Just go on ahead and be a heathen and quit trying to perpetrate as a Christian. Embrace your heathen. Well, and again, I look at the totality. So if if the popular pew, if... If that is the only image of Mexican, I, I can't remember what platform that that was on, but if that is the only image, then yes, it's offensive because the only, the only time that you are bringing forth a different race, particularly a Mexican race, is to put them in this light, then yes, it's offensive. Um, and I think that's what Dr. Seuss was doing. It's like, okay, look, we've got his, historically our books, when we are bringing forth people of, I should say, characters of different color, we're not putting them in the best light. Now, if you've got multiple characters and, you know, all of them are in various lights and various you know, transitions, I think we can have a different conversation since there, there could be a Pepe Le Pew and, and a superhero of the same complexion. Okay, then we can talk about if there was an, an intentional, um, you know, purpose of trying to perpetuate a stereotype. But, you know, if, if not, then yes, that, that does necessarily need to be canceled. I want to Briefly, as you could do when you said something about we also need to be held accountable, I just want to briefly, you know, get on The Bachelor because at the end, and again, I didn't watch it, but everyone was talking about this. He brought his father, or his father came on the show. And you may not, and I didn't know this, but his mom is white and his father is black. His father left him at a young, young age, and so they don't really have a relationship. Oh, the Bachelor's. Yeah. The Bachelor himself the is biracial. Pants. Yes, right. he's biracial. And so the father comes on and again, they haven't spoken in years and, and they have this conversation. And, and a lot of people, particularly, you know, minorities were upset because here, first of all, you perpetuated the series. Like the first batch of guy that comes on here and you show the black man or this biracial man having to deal with an absent father. And you don't, again, delve into the mental issues that could come with that. But you are, again, perpetrating the story that Black men are not present in their father's eyes and therefore can't deal with relationships. Um, and so, you know, I just say that to, again and say, yes, we as Black people, we do have to work on, again, dismantling these stereotypes that are there. And we know why they're there. I mean, we've got a history of slavery where it was the intent to break down our families that are to emasculate the men um, so that we don't have strong leadership. But we know that that's the case and we do have to some degree um, control or accountability in dismantling that, but that doesn't excuse ABC from using that to perpetuate that story. Well, that's why we're here on the round table console <laughs> to help do all of that. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I, of course, I know the viewers enjoy listening to me talk about all the insights. So thank you, Mark, for making sure that, that my voice is heard on the round table console. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm definitely just kidding. I, I thank you guys so much for tuning in as always <laughs> to, to our back and forth for an hour. It goes by so quickly. Please do 
like, comment um, on Facebook, as well as check out our previous episodes on your favorite podcasts. And also check us out on the Star Radio as we will get a, a recording of the show. So once again, we will be back next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And we will see you right here next Saturday, live on Facebook on the Roundtable Consult. This has been another episode of the Roundtable Consult. We invite you to join us twice weekly on Facebook Live, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, and again on Saturday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern. That's facebook.com forward slash Roundtable Consult with your hosts, Attorney Sonia Madison and Dr. Mark Williams.